Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Less than nine weeks left in 2019. Yeah, let that sink in. Before you turn your full attention to the holidays, though, we've got some year-end financial moves to make to start the new year off right. Six things to check off your year-end financial list on today's Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome to November. And as we mentioned, just about eight and a half weeks left until 2020. Can you believe that? A decade is about to end. Good morning all across Arkansas. Hope you're having a great weekend. Thanks for joining us for today's Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, joined around the oval table by John Shrewsbury to my right. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay. You Good. ready to roll today? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. And Janet Walker to his right. Good morning, Good morning to you. And to my left, Teresa Arago. Good morning. Out of the Little Rock office with yeah. me. Your desk is, in fact, just right next door to mine, so we're used to being in close proximity. We yes. welcome you in as we talk about things to uh, mark off your financial list for year in. We've got six specific things to talk about. You know, as we talk about the uh, the time that we have left in 2019, that, that's a bit of a shock to the system for me to think about only eight and a half weeks left in 2019. But it is easy to recognize that fact when now Christmas celebrations begin, I don't know, about August. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you guys, I've heard Christmas commercials already yes, on the radio. Yes. Uh, the satellite radio already has the Christmas nonstop music uh, carols and going. And, you're, and you're kidding me. Oh, no, it's we, happening. It's happening. Glitz and Garland in Saline County this right weekend. That's yes, right, exactly. That's right. And as my uh, daughters and wife would be quick to point out, the Hallmark movies are beginning. Yes. <laughs> well, they never end anymore. Now they have Halloween Hallmark movies. They have Fourth of July Hallmark movies. Obviously, I live year. in a cave. And just, oh, no, this is a thing. I have yes. friends who they celebrate when those start playing. They, oh, wow. they get excited. Scott, so, is this the time of year where you have a sports TV and a Hallmark TV? Yes. So here, here's, here's what you, and I don't want to offend anybody today, but I'm probably going to when I say this. <laughs> The Hallmark movie is movies are it's one movie. Yes. It is yes. a romantic yes. comedy, and then whatever holiday is happening around they replay, it, they just yes. replay it. I mean, they really different could. characters, but basically the same it's story, the and same that's plot. okay because yes. those that watch them, that's what they're looking for. <laughs> yes. That same story over and wow. over and so over. So you got again. a romantic comedy with snow, <laughs> and then when summertime comes, a romantic comedy with. Fireworks. Yeah. That's right. Sunshine and the yeah. beach and fireworks. And, yes. But it's the same story. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, gotcha. pretty much. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so yes, I, I don't partake of, the, partake of those uh, too much. So I'm, it, It's I, like hip-hop country. It's all the same thing. That's it, right. Same beat. Same beat. <laughs> same rhythm. Same words. It's yes. the same thing. Yeah, I got you. So now that we've offended all of the Hallmark fans out there. And the hip-hop country fans. <laughs> hip-hop country fans. So, those, so we, we offended my daughters. That's what we did today. Uh, so anyway, we're talking about year-end things. Because the, the point here is is because all of that is already happening i mean my goodness it is really easy to start already thinking about your christmas shopping list black friday all of those things and before you know it january's here and we're going to use our time here to talk about six things to check off your year in financial list we're going to talk about some things that if you if you spend some time just thinking about them you could roll into 2020 in better shape for your financial futures you know and I, the first thing on our list here is Sit down for a 30-minute family report card, you know, and we're going to talk about what that means. But I think this is a great one to start with, you know, especially if you're talking about a family. Uh, you're talking about, in my case, I've got four kids. One is off to college. He'll be home at the holidays, right? And he's now becoming, he is an adult now. He's, yeah. Uh, he, 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 I, I would question that, but age-wise, he is. <laughs> legally he is an adult. A, he is legally an adult. Now you're offending your son. That's right. Well, but we're, I mean. opportunity offender, are you? <laughs> that's right. We're talking about things like a Roth IRA for him. I mean, things that mm-hmm. he's not going to think about on his own. Right. Um, for retirement at 18, 19 years old. But then getting the family together, uh, husband, wife, Especially to think about how do we do this year? 
Well, and I think this is almost a foreign concept for a lot of folks. They 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 don't talk a lot about yeah. money, and and heaven knows they don't really sit down and have specific, measurable family goals. Uh, oftentimes, that is the beginning of the downfall of them from a financial standpoint is they just kind of let money happen in their lives as opposed to being on purpose about money. I think one of the best things I've seen in this, you know, when you're when you're taking a snapshot about looking back and then if you're not quite where you want to be, to also look forward thinking about paying off debts did you did you pay off the debts that you wanted to did you save as much as you wanted to one of my favorite things that I've ever heard about anybody doing on this is, is really gamifying and there are a lot of mm-hmm. ways to do that but but my, my personal favorite is you know you do the paper chain links so you yeah. just you know, little circles of paper stapled mm-hmm. together and if you get the kids involved let's let's talk about savings let's talk about debts same com- concept so let's say that your focus is to save four thousand dollars in the next year then you make chains you know that represent these dollar amounts and in this case you're counting up so that when you get to that last one you've reached four thousand dollars do it in whatever increments you want hundred dollars or two hundred or a larger amount you pick it it doesn't matter but the whole family gets involved and so that way when the kids are going hey can we go to the movies twice this weekend uh if we watch netflix instead because we're already paying for that then we get to take off one of the circles because we've saved this much money you know that type Mm -hmm. of thing same thing with debt except you're counting it down and i have seen little children get involved in that and it just makes a tremendous difference when everybody is cheering everybody else on i think that there is a key word there janet and i don't want our listeners to miss it it is gamification yes uh anytime you make a game out of something the competitive juices start coming out yeah the uh the enthusiasm starts coming out you just take on a different psychological demeanor about it it's not a burden anymore it's fun oftentimes people don't set goals because they equate goals with drudgery you know it's like oh i gotta do this i gotta do that instead of making it fun and making it exciting and and really uh creating that that environment of winning and you think about the impact that will have on your family too yes. you know when parents aren't teaching our kids why we don't spend certain dollars on certain things mm-hmm. we're setting them up for failure later That's or right. we can include them in these goals that we're setting and teach them yeah, it'd be great to go to the movies, but if we don't this weekend, that gets us that much closer to our mm-hmm. goal and mm-hmm. think about the impact in their lives. I read a recent survey that asked people to uh, respond in their minds one word if they heard the when they how they feel about money mm-hmm. and the the most common word that was given was anxiety wow. and, and i think that's really uh enlightening in view of what we're talking about here today that you avoid what makes you anxious right and that is not going to get you to your financial goals it's not going to make your financial life better but it is hard for people to sit down and think about those things so I think gamifying it makes it more fun. I think that's a great point. Yeah, and I think the, the the having an agenda for a family meeting like this is really good. So ask yourself, uh, ask your family these questions: Did you meet your financial goals? Did you actually have some financial goals? Yeah, and if start you didn't, with that. Yeah, let's let's get some. Yeah, and they don't have to be. I'm going to be rich by the end of the year. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> let's be sure that you you make it attainable. Yeah. Uh, that in in terms of what you're trying to do, maybe it is just getting an emergency fund in place. Now, could you do that over the course of a year? Probably so. You you need to work on that. But ask yourself: Did you pay off the debts that you'd hoped for? Did you keep within your budget? All of the answers to these questions basically have to be very honest and bring all the family into it. And I think you begin to get some momentum with that. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about the the nerd and the free spirit. The nerd out there is going, yes, they told me to have a family meeting. The free spirit is going, oh my goodness, please shoot me. Free spirit, be sure that you speak up at this, you know, Mm -hmm. say something. And if you want to spend a little bit more money, put it in the plan. Mm -hmm. It's okay as long as everybody agrees to it. So we're off and running on our show today, six things to check off your year-end financial list and sitting down for a 30-minute family report card to review how you did in 2019 is number one. Five more to come. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. 
The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Do you worry about retiring? How much is enough? Can I achieve my retirement goals? Hi, I'm Scott Inman for Genwell Financial Advisors, and we've been helping Arkansans retire for 14 years. Get answers in less time than it takes to check social media. Visit 15minuteretirement.com, and we'll gather some information, analyze your success rate, and provide the coaching for any needed changes. Type 15minuteretirement.com to get started on your 15-minute retirement checkup today. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Genwell Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching on social media and listening on the Get Ready for the Future show. For those of you who are watching the video version of the Fastest Four, you might notice that we're kind of going through a little bit of a makeover here behind yeah, us. Little, yeah, a uh, little HD uh, TV, HGTV, I guess, is going on back <laughs> yeah. here. Thanks to our, our uh, production crew in our marketing department, uh, Casey, Sean, Abby, and Ginger, have been working really hard on the set here on the Fastest Four, and we're, we're glad to have a, a fresh new look. Yeah, and there's a bigger reason we're doing that, so stay tuned to find out what that's all about about yeah. as well. So as we talk about today coming out of Halloween, first uh, weekend in November, LPL Research has provided us, and they're always really good to tie things into current events, sure. the tricks or treats surrounding the market. What could invoke fear in the market? We have been hovering at all-time highs. We've been saying that quite a bit. Now, we do have some drops along the way, but we're back up at the end of October near or at all-time highs. So what could spook the markets moving forward. And we've got a list here, and it's a short list, but it is the list that continues to be uh, of concern for investors. And at the top of that list, John, is the, the trade dispute. And it does continue, although there has been good news out of that recently. Yeah. And Scott, I remember an old coach ta taught me years ago, he said, John, it ain't ever as good or as bad as you think it is. Yeah. And so because we're at record highs, uh, you might want to think about some things that, that could be coming down the pike. Now, clearly, we don't see a whole lot of uh, roadblocks on economic growth continuing in the United States through 2020 beyond, but we are seeing some manufacturing uh, begin to contract and, and you've got the trade thing that's going on, Scott. Mm -hmm. And there has been progress in the trade negotiations, as we mentioned last week, but we cannot discount the fact that there could be further tension. There could be further escalation of this. Very clearly, the Chinese could go, well, you know, they got this impeachment thing going on mm -hmm. and, you know, Trump's up for re-election. We'll just kind of wait and mm -hmm. see what happens. Maybe we'll get a better deal from the next person that comes along. So that could be a catalyst for things getting a little bit more volatile in the markets in 2020, the uncertainty that is around impeachment and the election. Now, you mentioned the manufacturing numbers. I want yep. to quote some numbers there. Uh, there is continued growth in the U.S. economy projected for 2020, but a survey from the Institute for Supply Management, or the ISM, shows the U.S. manufacturing sector recently has begun to contract. And that certainly is not a word anybody wants to hear. No. Manufacturing is contracting. However, again, it's all about the timing here. Does that indicate weakness? Yes. Does it indicate maybe an oncoming recession at some point? Possibly. But the time frame we're talking about, it's not going to be immediate, at least historically speaking. And you can't discount the connection to the whole trade thing because trade right. and manufacturing right. are very closely related. So those all are things that are in play here that we're continuing to watch and we will keep you posted as those events develop. Scott, another thing that's happening is obviously interest rates are on the way down, the Fed taking action this week. And, you know, there's a talk of another cut before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. That could be positive for the markets because if you look back historically, every time the market, uh, every time the Fed has cut the markets, uh, cut the interest rates rather three times, the markets have been substantially higher six months to a year down the road. So again, we are not looking for a ton of disruption in 2020. But beyond that, there's some uncertainty, certainly if there's a change in the election process. Clients always want to know when is that next recession coming? And our standard answer is we're closer today than we were yesterday. That We, we know we're in a late market cycle, but anybody yeah. who's going to try to put a day or even a year on it, it would be a fool's errand. It, it absolutely would. And, and that's really not what you're trying to do. You're not trying to time the market. Yeah. It is about time in the market mm -hmm. and being aware of what's going on from a financial standpoint. That's it for the Fastest Four. Thanks for listening and watching. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Your retirement should be more. More what? 
more than just investments, more about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. Getting ahead of the curve, that's a theme today with six things to check off your year-end financial list. Yes, we're already talking about year-end, and we're trying to get ahead of the curve for you as we move closer to the holiday season. We know everyone's focus is going to be thinking about gift-giving, gift-buying, parties, and time with family, so it's a good time to really take stock of where you are now and what you'd like to get done in 2020. That first of our six things was to sit down for a 30-minute family report card. Ask yourself, did you meet your financial goals or did you have any financial goals and setting some for 2020? Did you pay off the debts that you had hoped to or did you keep within your budget? Three things to ask you and your family and sit down and talk about that in a report card. You know, The GenWealth team report card is coming up, by the way. We'll be having a, a team retreat at the 1st of December, but one of the things we'll be looking back at is all the workshops we did. And we wanted to take just a moment to thank everyone who came out to our final workshop of 2019. Uh, last week at the uh, Mike's Place restaurant in Conway, we were talking about Social Security, had a great turnout, always enjoy the interaction that uh, we have at those workshops we have good interaction at all of our workshops, but I think when we're talking about Social Security, it is so personal, and most of the people who come with questions have done a little bit of investigation. Yeah, They've already got a yeah. pretty good idea of what they want to talk about, and the Q&A is always so good, and, and of course, Stephanie does a great job. Stephanie Smith, you've heard us talk about her uh, before uh, here on the Get Ready for the Future show, a 27-year veteran of the Social Security Administration, retired from there, and now on the GenWealth team, and, and she's always a co-presenter at the... Uh, Social Security workshops. But we had a lot of those. If you take stock of that, we had a lot of those this year, and we thank everybody for coming out. Yeah, so we had a gentleman who asked me a question the other night when we were at the Social Security workshop in Conway, and he said, do y'all do, y'all do these like a lot? Do y'all have other topics that <laughs> yeah. you talk about? So let's talk about that a little bit because we, because of the holidays, we, we've wrapped up on our workshops for this year, but next year we're going to have a whole new docket, new content for you to hear. Social Security is always going to be on the docket for us, mm-hmm. but other topics for you to hear about. So stay tuned so you hear what we're going to be talking about at Gen Wealth Academy Workshops and pick what is the best fit for you. It is always something that we're working on here to try to, to uh, say things in a new way so you get it. Yeah. Uh, it, it. We don't hold these workshops just because we want to hold a workshop. We hold them because we are education driven. Uh, mm-hmm. Education is the key part of, I think, not only our uh, theme here at GenWealth, but it's the key to your success. Look, the, the as I've said before, when I pick up my iPhone, all of man's collective knowledge is accessible through my iPhone. But the reason that we're all not rich and brilliant and all of that is there is a disconnect between information and application. Mm -hmm. And so that's the bridge that Mm -hmm. we hope to find here at GenWealth and we hope to build for you as we work with you on your retirement planning, on your financial planning, all the things that we do. It is to bridge that gap between information and application. You'll always be able to find a schedule of workshops, again, beginning up again in January of 2020 on our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. There's other resources there, including blogs and how to get in touch with the Gen Wealth Advisor. We encourage you to check our website out. And if any point you would like to learn more about sitting down with an advisor, you can always reach out to us via phone at 501-653-7355. We've got offices in Bryant, in Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Bossier City, Louisiana. So there's an advisor near you. All right, back to our theme today on the Get Ready for the Future show. Six things to check off your year-end financial list. Number two on our list today is get on a debt diet today. Boy. Can I throw out that the word diet just makes Scares me cringe yes. in general? Anxiety. But so does debt. It, I know. <laughs> I know. But I think, you know, don't get lost with that word. Right. Think about it this way. There are certain things that aren't good for you yeah. when it comes to food. Debt is not good for you. I mean, we've all seen it. People who retire without debt 
Oh, yeah. They don't need nearly as much money to live. Exactly. You're setting yourself up to win if you can just stay off of it. This is a mindset. I, and I think that you can, this is so much like religion. It's funny. You know how many, how people battle about various mm-hmm. little tenets of, of religion and everything. But, you know, as a general rule, all religions believe that there is a higher power, that there is a deity, that there is a God, mm-hmm. and God is in control. Well, let's let's kind of establish the big picture here. Debt is bad. It is just not good for you. It is basically you spending money that you hope to make in the future. That is the definition of debt because you haven't made that money. If you'd made that money, you wouldn't be in debt. So now you're spending money that you hope to make in the future. So debt is is a gamble. Debt is yes. like a, a hedge, if you will, or a, a, a sort of a, a just rolling the dice, hoping it works out and putting money on the table. And if you lose, then you, you lose. And so you've got to have a mindset about debt that it is not good for you. Now, there will be people that argue against that. They'll say, well, no, debt is leverage. And, I, and you can have those arguments. But let's face it, if you struggle with this, you need to stay away from it. It's a lot like an addiction because if if you're not careful, if you don't know how to manage that, then the best thing that you can do is totally stay away from it. Scott, I know that, for instance, you use a credit card, but you pay it off every month. Mm -hmm. But for some people, that's a danger. It's just like, you know, you can't take that one drink because if you take that one drink, then you're going to be hooked and and you have the intention of paying it off every yeah. month, but then you don't. You have the discipline to actually pay it off every month. And so that is, that's a difference and it's a mindset that you've got to be in dependent upon your ability to deal with debt. I do have that discipline and I do recognize that not everybody has that, but I also recognize that the Dave Ramsey approach of taking a hundred dollar bill to the grocery store would cause you to spend less than me taking the credit card yes, to the grocery yes. store. I so I do recognize that. that too. Yeah. When I became a single mom, I started using cash for mm-hmm. a lot of things and I hate carrying cash. I'm very forgetful in general when it comes mm-hmm. to my personal life. And so it's, it was, I was always worried I'd lose it, but I started taking cash in based on what my budget was. Yeah. And it, boy, you want to talk about controlling your spending mm-hmm. when you know you're going to walk up and have no other option because right. the idea yeah. is you don't even take your debit card in. Yep. If you do that, you're more intentional about what you're spending your money on. We we did that for years and there were times my husband was so good about he could look at the at the cart at the grocery store and go, That's gonna be one hundred twelve dollars. Not one hundred ten, not one hundred I mean he he would be within two or three dollars every single time. And so we would we would do this little deal, you know, before you go to the checkout, it's like, All right, are we good? Do we need to put anything back? Are are we okay? Okay. And and sometimes we put things back. But you know what? We lived through it mm-hmm. and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And and I did get to the point where I stopped carrying cash just because stupid things happen these days. Um and my mom was with me in line behind me one time at the at, at Walmart and she was like, Honey, put that cash up you know, like she was sure I was gonna get murdered right there in front of her. So we don't do that anymore. But I think having gone through that process created the discipline that we mm-hmm. still have that that marker, that monetary marker, even mm-hmm. though now we're paying with a debit card instead, we still have that monetary marker of don't go above this, period. Let me share with you guys. I just had an epiphany here as we were talking about this. You know, one of the things that makes people uh, adverse to to trying to be disciplined about their spending and debt and things of that nature is they equate that discipline with a lack of freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've and, been there. I'll raise my hand on that one. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually just the opposite. Yep. That's exactly That's right. Exactly because right. when you are in debt, you are enslaved. Mm-hmm. You are the the Bible clearly says that the borrower is the slave to the lender, and That's I believe right. that that is absolutely the truth. And if you've ever been in debt, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. So that little bit of freedom that you have in the debt situation. Mm-hmm. really does begin to ensnare you in ways that you don't really understand. And so I think you've got to recognize clearly what that mindset is and and that little moment of freedom will cost you down the road. And let's talk about those people that you're already there. Okay. If you're not in debt, great. Stay out of debt. Yeah. But if you're already there, 
you're not lost forever. You've got options. Debt snowballs are really easy. You can get them off the web, honestly, if you need one or we can help you with one. But Mm -hmm. getting a plan in place in any situation is going to make you more successful. And and I'll just give personal testimony on that one. Um, Because of my husband's health challenges, we had over $100,000 in medical bills that, Mm -hmm. um, frankly, many times we had to put on a credit card because health insurance was not going to pay it. And it was like, okay, you can do the treatment and potentially keep your husband alive or you can not do the treatment, which would mm-hmm. you prefer? And you get to that point and it's literally a life or death choice. You swipe the dead gum credit card, you know? Yeah. And so um, when we got towards the end of all of that, we literally had six figures in debt and it wasn't a big bass boat or a TV or mm-hmm. anything. It was keeping him alive. And uh, anyway, I, I, I am here today and we don't have any of that left. We paid it all off. And so um, I, I have yet to meet somebody who's in a worse position financially in terms of debt than we were at that point. So you can do it. You mm-hmm. just got to take the, the discipline to get focused on it. Teresa, you mentioned that there are debt snowballs on the mm-hmm. web and things of that nature. And I think those things are, are definitely out there. But the missing link mm-hmm. is an accountability coach. Yes, yes. That is the missing link. You can go and get that. You can go get 10 debt snowballs if you want to. But if you do not have the accountability and the discipline to stick with it, it is going to be a fruitless exercise. Yeah. I think that, again, and I know this is a little bit of self-serving nature because we're financial advisors, but that's the role that a financial advisor yeah. plays mm-hmm. is an accountability coach, whether it's investing, saving, uh, income planning, whatever the case may be, that psychological coach, every great athlete has a coach. And every person that's going to be successful from a financial standpoint is likely going to need some coaching along the way. So did you know there was a financial advisor available to you to help you get out of debt? If you want to find out more about that, you can reach out by calling GenWealth at 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355, building an overall financial plan that includes debt elimination. You know, you talked about that freedom, John, and I think I was thinking about that, the perceived freedom of buying things that you don't have money to buy is I think in the possession of it, right? Is yes. is in owning something that you want, the shiny mm-hmm. thing. And that's not freedom at all. Real freedom is cash flow. That's yeah. really what freedom right. is. So having the money to pay it outright and to be able to do what you want to do is all based on having that cash flow. And then retirement. And we're going to talk about that later in the show too. That's all about cash flow. Having money uh, left over at the end of the month to be able to put away for retirement or the way we would say it is put it away first, right? But yeah. having extra money to prepare for your financial future is so important. So that's number two on our list today of six things to check off your year-end financial list. In the first segment, we talked about sitting down for a 30-minute family report card, assessing how you did in 2019. And then number two, get on a debt diet today. Don't let that word diet scare you. We'll talk about more of our six things to check off your year-end financial list when the show continues right after this. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. I'd be rich. Meet the GenWealth team in person at our GenWealth Academy workshops happening in your area. For more information, visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events. Now, back to the show. Two months left in 2019, and we're talking today on the Get Ready for the Future show of getting ahead of the curve, some year-end moves to make before year-end for a better financial future. Six things, in fact, to check off your year-end financial list on today's show. We've gone through two of them. Sit down for a 30-minute family report card. Talk to your family about how you did in 2019. And get on a debt diet today. We spent the last segment talking about avoiding debt, getting out of debt, and then avoiding it through the rest of your life. Number three on our list today, guys, assess your life insurance needs. Boy, that that's exciting, right? Nobody mm-hmm. wants to sit there at the year-end <laughs> table around the holidays and say, boy, I think I need more life insurance. But this is something that I think if you have done it before, when did you do it last? Because your life insurance needs, we believe, change over time. But certainly, if you don't have any or if you haven't thought about how much you need, this would be a great time to consider that. Let's be very clear about this because the phobia about life insurance begins with the idea of somebody making a bunch of money when you die. And that's yeah. not the point. Right. The point is 
life insurance is not for you. It is for the people that you leave behind. And if you have income that is going to stop, Mm -hmm. if something happens to you, then you need life insurance. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We've said for years it's misnamed. Life insurance does not insure your life. It needs to be called income replacement. Mm-hmm. It, it The purpose is to replace your income. So if you have a spouse and kids and you don't come home, would you like for them to be able to maintain their standard of living? Mm-hmm. That's the simple question. And if the answer to that is yes, then the question next is, what does that look like? How that, much income do they need to have replaced if you're not there? That's the logic of it. But people get all icky about yeah, it. And they, they, they start going, well, I don't know. My wife's going to think more. I'm worth more dead than I am alive. And that's just a stupid argument. Don't go there. That's not... That's not the purpose of this. If you have legit concerns about that with your spouse, you there might be some other issues. you got yeah. bigger problems to talk about. But life insurance is something that, that people just avoid like the plague for whatever reason. But it is a necessity when it comes to your financial plan and for the continuation of your family's well-being if something happens to you. So that's the ground rule. That's mm-hmm. the establishment of life insurance, the issue. But now you get into all these things about but and here again comes another reason why people are phobic about life insurance because there's so much confusion around it yes. if you talk to a person who makes their living on life insurance you're going to get a completely different story than you would from somebody that just looks at it very objectively there's a gentleman i listened to in a podcast recently that talked about whole life specifically and he said you you kind of buy two things but you only really get one yeah you know, there's that savings element, but if you want to use your savings, you lose the death benefit. If you want to be able to have your death benefit, you have to give up your savings. But here's the thing in my experience with people who are young that have whole life, um, I had a family come in recently. They were paying $900 a month in premiums. Yikes. Their death benefit between the, I think, six policies that they had that were all whole life policies was about $750,000. Total. Total. Okay. So let's figure this out for just a second. Six policies. Yeah. $750,000 in coverage. Sounds like somebody needed to sell a policy, so they sold one for, I don't know, $250,000, and then they needed to sell another one. They came back and got another $250,000. There there was no planning in that. That is just, mm-hmm. how much can you afford right now? Yes, and, and in and, this family's case, they were retirement poor because they were also insurance poor. They yeah. didn't have the funds in their monthly budget to put towards retirement, but by replacing those term, those with term policies, they now have two one million dollar policies, and they have eight hundred extra dollars that they can put towards their retirement. Amazing! And, and they yeah. thought they didn't yeah. have any money to do anything with when they came to visit us. Well, and here's something that John, you and I especially have have learned in in our careers. When somebody's uh, focused on selling insurance, I think the the pertinent question to ask. What type of insurance do they own on their own lives? Yes. And I'll tell you that every advisor here at GenWealth, every single one of us, all we have on ourselves is term. And I will tell you, I don't just have the employer policy either. Yeah. You know, GenWealth is gracious to have a policy for each of us, but I know that I need more than what that's going to cover. Yeah, I mean, that's burial uh, coverage yes. and, and, and a little bit beyond that, yes. but not a tremendous amount more. But you've got income replacement taken yes. care of in terms of your personal policy. But again, it comes back to what is in your best interest. And if mm-hmm. the agent, if it's in their family's best interest to have term, then it's probably in your family's best interest to have term. Here, here's the easy cut through the the all the the crud on this and and get right to the point. You assess your need. Yeah. What yeah. is the need that I have for life insurance? If your income is is important to someone in your life, if you were gone, that they're going to have a big hole financially, then you need life insurance. So you assess what that need is, and it's a it's not a, a subjective thing. It's a mathematical formula, and we can help you figure that out. And then the question just is simply, well, what's the most inexpensive way for me to cover that That's need? That's right. Mm-hmm. Look, you would not pay twice as much for your car insurance simply because it built cash value. Mm -hmm. You would not pay twice as much for your health insurance simply because it built cash value. In most cases, people have a relatively low need for life insurance after they retire, Mm -hmm. unless they have just some really outside the box estate tax problem, or unless they have a need for continuing to have income come to somebody because they're dependent upon them, maybe a special needs child or something like that. In most 
those cases, term insurance works very well for young families that are growing and, and that type of thing. So it is just a matter of, are you going to cover the need that you have efficiently? Are you going to spend extra money on it? And there's no need to spend that extra money on it, especially when you can redirect that money to other areas of your finances. I'll sum all that up with two questions that are two words long. How much and for how long? Mm-hmm. And yep. that is where you arrive at your need for life insurance. And the how long, if there's a time frame where that's going to no longer be needed, then term insurance has obviously uh, got a leg up on that because it is for a certain term. So have you assessed your life insurance needs? You can sit down with an advisor at GenWealth to go over that as a part of your overall financial plan. And it's number three today on our list of six things to check off your year-end financial list. So number four is listed as contribute the maximum amount to your 401k. Now, said another way, let's increase whatever you're contributing to your 401k. If you're putting in 50 bucks a month, it may be a little difficult to get the the whole 19,000 in next year. But certainly assessing how much are you putting away in your retirement plan. We say 401k, it may be a 403b, it may be a simple IRA, whatever your employer-sponsored plan, if you have one, is First of all, assess, are you contributing enough to get the employer matched? That's number one. And if you are, look at your need to put more money back in 2020. Let's not allow your brain to go on tilt when you hear maximize your 401k, (laughs) because I think that's where people begin to shut down and they go, that's a big number. I Mm -hmm. can't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, I'm out. Just do more. Just do more. Just do better than what you're doing right now. Look. The path to financial independence, about 80% of the successful path to financial independence is just doing it, just putting Mm -hmm. money away. Mm -hmm. The real act of being disciplined to put money into your 401k, 403b, SEP, simple, whatever you got, IRA account, whatever it is, it is all about the discipline and the accountability of you being able to do that on a monthly basis. And that is slow and steady builds financial independence. Yeah, I mean, so many people out there listening, you have have at least a 50% match on your retirement plan, and you may have a dollar for dollar up to a certain point. So I want you to think about the lesser of those two if you have a 50% match. If we stood out here on the corner of the street by the office and and we said, all right, when you guys drive by, if you'll hand us $100, we're going to hand you back 150 that's your 50% match. Okay? And I'd go find $100. Yeah, you would. You would do whatever you had to do mm-hmm. so that you could then leave with $150. You came in with $100, you are going to leave with $150. That's what your 50% match in the employer plan is doing. And by the way, that is before the money is ever even invested. Now, I hear all the skeptics out there going, yeah, I, was, I don't know about that giving you that $100. I might not get that $150 back. Look, get over it. You know, there, there, it every, happens. everything is all the time. Everything is not a, a gotcha in this world. In a 401k plan, you put $100 in, they're going to match 50 if you've got a 50% match on your on your plan. It's a contractual agreement. It is, and, it, and it's it's ERISA law. It's not anything that they can, they can go back on you with. And a great strategy for increasing that I talk to my clients about is when you get a raise, increase by 1%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to notice it yeah. as much in your check, you know, because most of the time you're dealing with pre-tax dollars. So you're not even going to see the full amount come out of your check. But you know, if you increase it a little bit, every time you get a paycheck Mm -hmm. increase, then you're not going to feel that hurt. And you're really going to get some traction over time. Absolutely. And then when you hit that age where you can do catch ups, Mm -hmm. when you hit 50, you can put more in. Usually at that point, you're starting to get some kids off the payroll, unless you're like me and have kids late in life. Um, (laughs) But you're starting to get a couple of those kids off the payroll. So your budget should have a little more freedom. Use that time to add some traction to what you're doing. I think I think that self-employed people have got a, a big leg up, Scott. You and I work a lot with self-employed people, and they don't really realize the advantage that they have being self-employed and the ability to put more money than the average Joe into a, a simple or an SEP IRA account. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to go to next is if you're listening and you go, well, I don't have a 401k. Maybe you're self-employed or, or maybe you just don't have that offered at your job. There are other options out there, and we would encourage you to include that in your year-end financial list when you think about what to do in 2020 is 
Look into the options you have. John mentioned the simple and the SEP. Let's start with the SEP, Teresa, because I know we've mm-hmm. opened a few of those for folks who are self-employed. Now, you want to be self-employed and not have any or very many employees, Correct. but let's say you're a self-employed person, you get a 1099 income, and well, I don't have a 401k, right? Mm-hmm. But a SEP IRA allows you to put money back from the business into yes. a retirement account. Yes, and depending on how much, how your company is set up, you can put 20 to 25% of what your income for the year is. How many of you guys have heard someone who's self-employed gripe about taxes? Yes, we every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this last week, so go back and listen to last week's show. But you have tax advantages if you utilize that option. And for me, I have two different arms to my salary. I have a part of it that is 1099, a part of it that is salary. So I've got a SEP. Because yeah. I'm going to help shelter myself. I'd rather keep my money and put it back for retirement than pay it to the government. Mm-hmm. So I put a little back every time I get paid to make sure that I've got that those funds set aside. When we're talking about accumulating money, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum here. That uh, one of the things that you've got to be sure that is on your list of these six things is number five, don't forget to take your required minimum distribution. Mm-hmm. Now, we did a good bit on this last week. We're not going to belabor the point, but it is that time of year when you need to begin to assess, have I completed? Completed my required minimum distribution. And if you haven't, then you probably need to be in touch with your financial advisor to be sure that that RMD is accomplished before the uh, end of the year. We talked about an awful lot there at the end and went fast and furious through it. So if you have any questions about a simple IRA, a SEP, or maybe putting together a plan to increase your contributions to your 401k in 2020, you can always do that by reaching out to us at 501-653-7355. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Do you have a burning question? Email info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are in the home stretch of today's Get Ready for the Future show, talking about getting ahead of the curve, year-end moves to make before year-end, six things to check off your year-end financial list. And we are up to our final one. We do encourage you, if you missed any of today's show, you can always go check us out on podcast via iTunes or Stitcher and hear the other five. I'll give you a quick review of the headlines of those. But if you want details, I would certainly encourage you to listen to us on podcast. And you can listen to any Get Ready for the Future show on podcast. But number one on our six things to check off your year-end financial list was sit down for a 30-minute family report card. Review how you did in 2019 and some things you could do differently in 2020. Number two was get on a debt diet today. Whether you're in debt and need to get out or avoiding it in 2020, make a plan to do that. And number three was assess your life insurance needs. How much and for how long? What kind of insurance needs do you have as a part of your overall financial plan to replace income while you're still working and to make sure that the surviving spouse, should you predecease her or him, would have a retirement uh, the way you want to have a retirement. Number four was contribute the maximum amount to your 401k or employer-sponsored plan in 2020. We scaled that back to deciding to increase that. It may be a big step to go from zero to 60 on that, right? So contribute, contributing uh, more in 2020 is the way to go. And checking out your options if you don't have an employer-sponsored plan, like a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, especially if you're self-employed in that situation, or a traditional IRA. And we didn't even talk about a Roth IRA, but there are lots of options for you outside of an employer-sponsored plan if you don't have access to one. Number five, as John mentioned briefly, don't forget to take your required minimum distribution. RMDs count. If you are 70 and a half, you are required to take money out of your qualified plans. We talked about that in depth on last week's show. So again, you could go back and check that out on podcast to learn more about what a a required minimum distribution is. So those are our five. We're up to our final one. Number six on our list of things to check off your year-end financial list Retirees who have a financial plan feel more confident, and that's according to recent surveys. So basically, this one is build a financial plan, and this one's going to focus on retirement. So for the rest of the segment or the rest of the show, 
We're going to be talking about retirement. And ultimately, everything we've talked about up until this point, I would say, from our position with the clients that we work with, getting out of debt, making sure your life insurance needs are met, increasing contributions, all of those things are going to a target. Mm -hmm. And that target is retirement. So depending on where you are on that journey, you may be 20 years out, you may be 10 years out. The retirement plan is built to suit you and where you are on that journey and where you want to go. Scott, most people look at retirement like a finish line. Yeah. It's really not. Mm-hmm. The point is that financial planning and investing, they think, becomes a moot point. It, it, and that's the worst thing that you can think. You've got to think about that you've got maybe 30 years of life left. Mm-hmm. And there may be things that you want to plan for for the next generation after you're gone. All of that usually doesn't get taken care of in the accumulating years uh, as you're building up your money. So it is time as you're approaching retirement to sit down and figure this out. And the key is, is that retirees who have a written financial plan, as we like to say here at GenWealth, on paper, on purpose, uh, when you have a written plan, then the studies show that they are more confident in retirement, that they feel better in retirement. I used the analogy last week that, you know, if you've ever listened to you know, a musical group or an orchestra or anything, and somebody is playing in the wrong key or somebody's out of tune or whatever the case may be, it just feels wrong. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't flow very well. Well, that's what happens in your retirement if you don't have a plan. It just is, you feel uncertain. You feel unsteady. Uh, Troy and I had a meeting just recently with clients we've been working with for several years now, and they are going to retire in about a year and a half. And so we're we're right at that point. And frankly, they could retire now if they wanted to, but they've got their date picked and in, in a year and a half, they're going to be done. And they talked with us about how much of a difference this planning and revisiting the plan and revisiting the plan and revisiting the plan again and again and again has helped them. And they have a a little bit invested with us now, but the the majority is still in their 401k. And we've coached them through that process as they're leading up to the time of retirement. Just as an example, we talked about, you know what, we got a presidential election coming up next year. That means the market's going to be kind of ugly and you're right on the precipice of retirement. And, And and we don't want to be the football player who dances on the one yard line in celebration of the touchdown that he hadn't made yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so we don't need to we don't need to fumble at the one yard line. We need to be in preservation mode. And all of those things are just so critical. As much time as you can give yourself to get to work on your financial plan. Frankly, if you're in your 20s for your retirement plan, it's not too early. It, it, we're not going to laugh at you if you call in your 20s and go, hey, I need to get started on my retirement. We're going to applaud you. Yes. It, that's what you need to be doing. But also, I'll say if you haven't done that, that's okay, too. We're not going to make fun of you. This dude didn't come in until a month before retirement. Yeah. You know what? It's better than those who don't come in at all. You I'll need tell to get you, a plan. That's such a great word picture there, Janet, that you talked about. I We've all seen those plays where I don't know the defensive guy picks off the pass at the at the one yard line of his opponent and then takes it down the field mm-hmm. and he is the hero. Everybody in the stadium is going nuts. Everything is going great and slow motion catches the fact that he was too cool for school and dropped the ball yep. before he crossed the goal line mm-hmm. and they call a fumble and and the whole either play is moved. the other he doesn't get the touchdown. If his team picked up the ball, maybe they still have possession of it. On the one yard line, but if the other team picked it up, now he's the goat. He and not the yep. greatest of all time. He's the real goat, as in Charlie yeah. Brown, the goat. You know, uh, he is he is the dog that didn't you know complete the play. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to get to retirement and drop the ball before you go across the goal line because you didn't plan. You didn't have a written plan to get you through retirement. But you've got to know what to plan for. And that's why you need a financial advisor. There is so much stuff I didn't know before I came to GenWealth. And I was the type of person who had savings. I didn't have debt, but I didn't even know that individual IRAs existed. Yeah. So since my employers didn't offer retirement plans, I was doing nothing except for keeping money in the bank. There's things that people won't know if they don't talk to someone. And, and, And in my opinion, advisors are sort of like doctors. They have specialties to a degree. Mm-hmm. And our firm has been studying retirement. That's what we've studied for years and years 
collectively. Mm -hmm. That's where our specialty lies. So we know what to plan for. And that's why we're so effective with our clients in preparing them for retirement. And that's why we created the General Health Ready to Retire process. Absolutely. I was just thinking about, reflecting back really on something we talked about last week about the RMDs and some little nuances that a lot of people don't know Mm -hmm. about. And this couple, when they came in this week, I was telling them about that because they're asking about RMDs. It's not time yet, Mm -hmm. but they're curious. And and I told them about a, a little nuance that we had actually discussed last week. And, and she said, oh my goodness, I just found out about that today, like on Google. You know, uh-huh. she just discovered that. And, and we talked about... You know, that's what we're here for. It's it's a new discovery mm-hmm. to you today. We've been doing that very thing for years and years yeah. and years. You know, I think that when you look at, at the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, some people could get the idea, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of work and I got to, you know, do this <laughs> and do that. Hey, we're just talking about the rest of your life here. Mm-hmm. We're just yeah, talking about your all. income. That's all. Don't don't allow, you know, the the pace of life right now, wherever you're at. I know you're busy. I can assure you there ain't many people busier than the folks sitting at this table. Mm -hmm. We are very busy, but it, it is all about taking a little bit of time and planning so that later you can live a lifestyle that other people are not able to live because they did not plan. Don't choose current comfort and give up all future comfort. Well, and I think, too, it it can be really mind boggling to try to start putting all that together and making it a lengthy process in your mind. But it's rewarding. I I see I see that on on the clients that come in. And once you get it all consolidated and look Mm -hmm. at it, the big picture, it can be rewarding that you spent the time to do that. And, And especially, you know, you talked about our firm. Uh, studying retirement. I'd even say specifically retirement income. Yes. Because I think that's where the conversation shift happens inside a meeting room most frequently is, mm-hmm. here's what I got. Can I retire? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. We're going to have to have a conversation about income because retirement is essentially an income problem, not an asset problem. Mm-hmm. So yes, assets are important. Yes. We're going to have to back into that number. But it's all about planning for your retirement income. And that's really why, go to go back to the football conversation, the retirement red zone is where you are if you're 10 years or less out from retirement because the investment strategy that got you there cannot be the same investment strategy that's going to get you through retirement. You're right, Scott, and you have to take a different approach. And that's why we've set up the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Let's talk a little bit about what that is. The first meeting that you have with a Gen Wealth Advisor is absolutely free. It is a conversation. We're going mm-hmm. to ask a lot of questions because we need to understand you because this is about you. It's not about us. It's not about us pitching something to you or anything of that nature. It is about us finding out about you and your situation and your life because your story, whatever your story is, we need to understand very clearly what that story is. And we also need to understand some facts about your your assets and your liabilities and all of that type of thing, all the financial stuff that has to go into that. And so what we do when we're done with that first meeting is we begin to to craft what you have from a financial standpoint and marry it up with your story Mm -hmm. and enhance your story and help you to try to achieve the things that you are wanting to achieve in retirement and for the rest of your life by actually understanding your story and making sure that your finances align with that story. And that's really what the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is. It might involve two, three, four meetings with your financial advisor, but those meetings are very on point. They're very on purpose to help you craft that story in the way that you want to craft it. To get started, you can call us at 501-653-7355 or reach out via email info at getreadyforthefuture.com. That's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you have a great weekend and join us again next Saturday morning. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. See you.